Chapter Nine of the Submarine Boys and the Smugglers by Victor G. Durham. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Brandon. Chapter Nine Wireless Wafts a Wail of Tragedy. What are you gonna do about it? Hal asked, his face paling. What is there for a Navy man to do but obey orders? Jack inquired. What? just when we are succeeding let all the credit go to the secret service men wait a little smiled jack and i'll show you how i'm going to obey orders taking up a fresh sheet he began to write when he had finished he picked up the code book translating his dispatch into the code order to norfolk received have just located depot sought and no method of reaching coast long letter just mailed also sample goods from depot will proceed norfolk if your second wire confirms first or if ordered will wait arrival of men suggested in letter signed benson lieutenant u s n commanding when jack had finished translating into the code he passed the original in ordinary english over to ensign hal i guess that will ensure our staying on this assignment for the present benson smiled it would grunted hal if we were working for an ordinary business house but no one can ever guess which way the washington cat will jump i shall be ready for norfolk until a wire arrives changing orders mail matter posted reported ensign somers coming in and dropping the mail pouch good responded lieutenant jack now here is a telegram that you may take ashore and send hmm the messenger boy business is brisk this morning muttered f you wanted a big hand in all that we're going to do today jack smiled and hurry back advised hal we're about to weigh anchor for norfolk what's that asked f turning sharply he heard the news with utter indignation ordered back when we've just gotten next to our job blurted ensign f somers that's what i call all in the line of duty broke in lieutenant benson quietly if the second wire confirms the first but the telegram you hold is in line with this adding the young commander handing f the sheet containing the first draft in ordinary english we'll go to norfolk despite that telegram hal predicted yes we may as well check our baggage to norfolk grunted somers even if we do have to drop the case now jack argued we found the trail for the secret service men and that is more than they were able to do in some months of trying i'll be ten minutes late in returning grunted f i'm going to take the last chance this side of norfolk of putting two ice cream sodas under my uniform belt want to come hal mr hastings would be overjoyed replied jack speaking for his other junior but he is now going forward to inspect the engines in order to make sure that they're in order for the run to norfolk was ensign f's parting growl as he left the wardroom mr somers jack called after him sir responded f returning and saluting 
what's your full capacity in the way of ice cream sodas i don't know summers answered never worked it out one day i remember i put away eighteen but i wasn't filled up then if you really want more ice cream sodas i authorize you to remain on shore until the arrival of the department's answer to that wire say that's fine glowed eph and fell to counting his money can i lend you any cash smiled jack thank you no i've sixty dollars left from my last month's pay if that won't buy all the sodas i can use at least it'll buy all that i ought to have four minutes later f summers was once more at the landing pier two hours later summers returned bearing a yellow envelope which he handed the young commander i've had enough ice cream sodas to last halfway to norfolk f announced i'll go to station and be ready to get under way better wait until i see what the orders are jack replied opening the envelope why it's in ordinary english all it says is await further orders at present anchorage your dispatch must have given the secretary something to think about f grinned i'm in hopes the department will let us go through with this matter was all benson had to say as he locked the telegram away ensign hal reported the engines in perfect working order that's as it should be nodded jack a navy craft's engines should be ready to start on the instant for one never knows when the call to instant duty may come luncheon being served the young officers had little to do for the afternoon jack in fact lay on his berth sound asleep after the sleepless night when there came a knock on the door jamb of his stateroom pushing back the curtain benson saw the gunner's mate with right hand at salute mr hastings compliments sir and he instructed me to report that a black-looking squall is coming up out of the east thank you mate i'll be on deck directly quickly drawing on his shoes adjusting his collar and buttoning his uniform blouse jack cap in hand made for the platform deck it looks like a live one coming hal smiled pointing seaward yes but i fancy it'll give us very little trouble jack replied this bay is fairly well protected however order one of the engine-room posts to his station so that we may start speed at once if we break loose from moorings very good sir jack remained on deck standing at first and watching the oncoming weather it looks like more than a brief squall ventured ensign hal returning from below it does indeed benson agreed but you need maintain besides the engine room only the usual deck watch i shall be on deck most of the time being still tired benson dropped into a deck chair though he fought against any more napping for the present within an hour the storm broke even in advance of the arrival of the wind great white-capped combers could be made out a few miles to the eastward then the wind broke loose coming at first at the rate of fifty miles an hour but soon increasing to seventy rain fell for a couple of hours even after it ceased the wind continued scarcely abating in velocity at the outburst of the gale jack had summoned hal hastings run up our aerials and put one of the wireless men at the instrument he commanded 
some craft may be in distress and we want to catch any message that may be flying within the bay the water though rough was not so rough but that a shore boat might be operated with safety by a skilled oarsman out on the broad atlantic however the waves were running high and with fury it'll be a rough time for any sailing vessel too close to shore eph remarked coming upon jack who in rain clothes had returned to the deck just before six o'clock that's why i had the aerial put up replied benson nodding to the jointed hollow metal pole that had been rigged in place just behind the tower this jointed metal pole in three sections could be run up to a total height of thirty-one feet on account of the fury of the wind however hal had sent the pole but twenty-five feet in the air even as it was the gale blew against the aerial pole with such force as to make the little grant quiver dinner will be ready in fifteen minutes jack added you see how secure our position has been in this little bay at the height of the gale even we didn't strain seriously at the moorings cable there's a shore boat putting off reported eph approaching his brother officers i can't help feeling that it's a telegram for us the boat came alongside rowed by two men while a third sat at the tiller as he came nearer the helmsman held up a yellow envelope come up close under our lee side shouted benson through a megaphone don't want to scrape your paint called back the helmsman i don't care about the paint jack shouted back i don't want to see you capsize human lives are worth more than paint so the helmsman obeyed coming up in the lee where his boat was safer both from wind and sea sign for us mr somers called jack as he reached over and received the envelope then benson hurried to the tower where an electric light burned the telegram is from the department and in english he added as his two brother officers stepped into the tower to hear the news Phew! he went on breathlessly the brown g line steamship cynthia is in great distress she has sent in a wireless which was relayed to washington here are the latitude and longitude given she's about two hundred miles east of here propeller shaft broken and sprung a leak all hands at pumps but can keep afloat only a few hours longer six hundred and forty human lives on board first boats launched swamped with no loss of life but captain does not dare launch more boats until sea becomes calmer boats enough left for only about two hundred and fifty of those on board even if boats may be launched safely department orders us to hasten to scene at fullest speed other craft ordered to the scene but the department believes we can get there at least two hours ahead of any other vessels we're ordered to save all life possible mr somers here sir lash the gig to deck astern like lightning call all hands to help we may lose the gig but we want it if we can get through the gale with it then order all hands below after loosing from moorings and getting under way 
take the conning tower watch yourself with the helmsman take due east course until order is changed mr hastings stand by the engine room watch and see that we get the whole of our thirty mile speed mr somers detain the shore boat until my answer to the department is ready as the two junior officers sprang to obey their orders and the sailors came swarming up through the tower benson stepped aside taking out fountain pen and paper he sent this dispatch back to the department at washington we start as soon as this wire goes over the side hope to reach steamship cynthia before one o'clock in the morning will save every life possible this telegram the young submarine commander handed in person to the messenger from shore in the meantime f with the full crew had hauled the gig on board overturned it and was now engaged in lashing it in place bottom uppermost the oars and rowlocks were taken below within five minutes the cast-off was made as lieutenant jack passed through the cabin he called to the sailor at the wireless instrument operator try to get some wireless station and report to the navy department that the grant is under way very good sir just as the operator secured the attention of a station up the coast the throb of the grant's two propeller shafts was felt telegram in hand jack went into the wardroom followed by ensign hal out onto the table the charts were drawn working with his instruments jack benson located the exact position given for the cynthia then he determined the course to a nicety and took the result to f it's gonna be a fearful night's work quivered ensign hal when jack returned to the wardroom four hundred people on that steamship for whom there are no boats we have a gig that may hold twelve or fifteen and can possibly crowd sixty or seventy people on board here we must see the rest drown if we reach the cynthia before she goes down i shall be heartbroken replied lieutenant jack benson compressing his lips grimly if we can't perform the impossible and save every human life that is in danger on the cynthia end of chapter nine recording by john brandon